Ciao, Calcio fans. Welcome to United by Calcio, the podcast that takes you on a thrilling journey through the heart of Italian football. My name is Christian, and I'm joined, as always, by Robbie. Yes, sir. Welcome, Robbie. And uh, on this week's episode, we'll be covering a little bit of everything. We've got a busy, full slate here. I mean, Serie A matches from match day 15. We've got a couple of uh, Coppa Italia matches. And, uh, of course, Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League matchups as well to look forward to, including two, uh, the two matches that happened today, Inter and uh, Real Sociedad and Napoli and Braga, right? So we'll be discussing all of that. Uh, we'll also be previewing a few of the matches from match day 16. And uh, with that, let's just jump right into one of the marquee matchups from this past week, if not the marquee matchup. Uh, Juventus and Napoli, right? 1-0. Scoreline seems pretty straightforward. You wouldn't think much of it. You just think three points. Not much. No frills, no fuss, right? But this game really left a lot to be desired, didn't it, Robbie? Yeah, and I'll stay consistent. Like I've been saying, it's not always about the performance. It's about three points. And Juventus got three points, and that's all that matters. They they moved up to the top of the table briefly. But, man, that was an ugly, 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 ugly win. It was just... This is not a game you would want as advertisement for Serie A. <laughs> no. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, uh, Gatti got the goal. He put himself in a great spot. Good, I guess, tactical awareness from Allegri to put him there. Um, Cambiasso, great ball. Perfect header. Bang, goal. But man, it just... Chesney has got to be better. Yes, like, I is. hate harping on him because like they won and it was a clean sheet. But if Osman isn't just like offside in that moment, which was entirely lucky. It just kind of happened. Like you can't turn it over like that. He, no. oh, he's been doing this. It seems like once a month and it's just, it feels like every time like enter, I mean, sorry, Juventus like try and build out of the back. You have no comfort. Like you're not comfortable with Chev Chesney with the ball. No, no, not at all. I mean, you're absolutely right. And, and we're definitely not, uh, which is, uh, well, it's so weird that uh, there, there was a point later on in the game. I, I forget where, at uh, what point, but it was after uh, after the goal, I believe, and, and there was a, a Napoli forward um, encroaching on Chesney as he received a pass from our back line, which was puzzling to begin with. Uh, I wouldn't put him in that position, but anyways. Uh, then he receives a ball, moves to his left, and as, he, as he's about to you know, essentially pass the ball to, to uh, his left back here, he does a little back heel, uh, you know, behind the back kind of um, move there. And I, I'm just like boiling, you know, just boiling at that point, steam coming out of my ears. All I could think about was, uh, did we just, did I fall asleep and like Neuer become our, goal, our goalkeeper in the meantime? Like I, I, I didn't realize we had a, we had that kind of a goalkeeper uh, between our, our posts, but uh, apparently Chesney's trying to change. He's trying to reinvent himself, maybe. Uh, and good for him. I'm I'm really proud of him, but please don't. Just my heart can't handle it. Uh, jokes aside, though, um, I think this is part of the reason why we've seen some topsy-turvy performances from Chesney. Uh, I don't want to harp on him. I think he's been part of the reason why we're doing as well as we have because he's come up big for us. 
but he does have this tendency to have these really rough games every once in a while. And I could have seen that be the start of a really rough game there. But to be fair to Chesney, at the very minimum, he did show up. He performed still. He had some really great saves later on in that game. The people that really didn't perform, Robbie, were Vlavic, Keat. Uh, Rabio wasn't really a part of the show. Uh, Kostic just really wasn't influencing the game at all either. And it brings up a, val- a valid question, right, of how do you overcome that massive gap when three of your key players do not show up? It's a good question. I mean, Vlavic is clearly in his head or something. Like every time, he, every touch, you feel like he's second guessing every shot he takes, every movement he does. And I mean, someone said this stat the other day. Gatti has more goals since that Lazio game, September 16th, by the way, mm-hmm. than Vlavic over that period. That is abysmal. Like you can't have a center back who was playing Terry Chi footy a few years ago, scoring more goals than your $70 million man. Like, it's just embarrassing for Vlavic. Like, he's got to get out of this rut. You thought, oh, the goal against Inter? Okay, here we go. He's going to start finding his form and just right back at it. It just feels like every time he takes a shot, like, he just doesn't have any confidence with it. And with the striker, that's... Priority number one, you have to have confidence in what you're doing is right. And he definitely doesn't have that right now. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. You completely uh, nailed it. He does not have that confidence. But if we're being frank, um, and again, I, I don't want to harp on Vlavic. I think he he can actually still be the striker we think or we thought we, we were going to get when we paid $75 million for him. I do, however, worry that he we're going towards that point, right, where he he's just going to keep getting worse. Like the situation is going to deteriorate to the point where we end up offloading him for nothing. And it becomes that that kind of uh, acrimonious kind of uh, situation. Right. I'm worried about that because it, it, it's sort of making me think as I was watching this game. At what point have I seen Vlaovic actually be the player we thought he was going to be? I mean, truly, from the point he's come to Juventus, has he been ever that guy in any instance? It's a fair question. Not really. I mean, he's never been, yeah, he's never been that guy. And he's still 23. So it's like he isn't the same guy that you saw at Fiorentina. That's for sure. And you'd like to see, even if the goals weren't coming, you'd like to see the movement to be in the right positions, the confidence being like, okay, I know in my head that I'm going to get there in the end. It's just a matter of time. But it doesn't feel like he believes that. So it just feels like, like we've seen the skill. So like at least with Fiorentina. So now it just feels like he needs to get his mental game right. And once he does that, okay, maybe that'll put two and two together and it'll click. But that I don't have confidence that's going to happen still. No, that's a, that's a great point. You're absolutely right. Uh, it, he, I've struggled to, to see uh, him at 
even in, in, in his best sort of run of form uh, with, with uh, Juve, I, I've struggled to see him really creating those opportunities for himself. Now, I am fully aware Vlaovic is not a very, you know, sort of freakishly athletic, gifted striker. He doesn't have the kind of breakaway speed. He doesn't have the kind of athleticism that can just let him get away with things. And he clearly doesn't have that dribbling ability that you sort of might want from that position. But he's a six foot three, pretty good sized striker. He should be able to hold the ball up better. He should be able to, to, to guide his teammates into better positions. But it seems like every time he has a ball, he either shanks it or he just tosses it completely um, in a completely bad positions where his teammates just can't, can't do anything with it. And you sort of wonder, okay, was it him maybe at Fiorentina that was that guy? Or was it maybe the support system around him that fed him so well? Perhaps, I'm just throwing theories out here, that made him look as good as he did. What do you make of it? I think he's that guy. I just like, like Chiesa is also that guy. Like, and Chiesa came from the same product. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I expect Vlaovic eventually to find it. Again, he's Mm -hmm. 23. Yeah. But yeah, definitely there's loads more pressure on him at Juventus. So maybe it is is. like a pressure thing. Yeah. Which I guess in that breath, like if he can't deal with pressure, he isn't that guy. Um, but, I mean, at some point, he's got to start performing. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, and, and, and it does sort of leave um, leave you with a thought that, you know, maybe we we should move on. Uh, maybe Juve should move on from Vlavic and just say, you know what? Uh, I think maybe, I think we tried this. It doesn't work, or at least you're not feeling comfortable, whatever it is, right? Maybe, you know, you, you send him somewhere else. You get a com- sort of comparable value, right? And you find uh, another striker. There are plenty of them out there. It's not as if there are shortages of, of strikers in the world. Uh, there's some pretty decent with Jonathan David is an option. Right? Uh, you've got some some pretty good, reasonably uh, priced options. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe it's time to, to, to sort of say, hey, move on. We'll move on and sort of see better days. But that's a different conversation for another time. With that... Let's move uh, on to Napoli's side of things here because, I mean, it wasn't as if they were showing up for this game, right? Uh, Cavada was frustrated, seemingly in his own head the whole time, to the point where he gets a yellow after Gatti sort of cheekily, uh, you know, grabs at him a little bit when he's about to throw the ball in. Uh, and he throws a ball at Gatti uh, in, in, in sort of anger. Um, that sort of said everything. I mean, what do you make of it? Yeah, I mean... Kavara also seemed like Vlavic seems like he's in his own head. Like he gets a great chance on a breakaway and he can't decide, does he want to place it or does he want to chip Chesney? And he gets a mixture of both, both where the shot goes a thousand feet wide, nowhere near the goal. But if he picked one, probably would have been a goal. And so you got him in the same kind of moment. Osman didn't even know he played. Like that, he was invisible yeah. outside the one moment where Politano headed to him offside because yeah. of the Chesney turnover. Like mm-hmm. he was invisible; he didn't do anything. Yeah. So it's tough. Like he had twenty-two touches that the yeah. entire game. 
Like if you're the nine, like Africa's player of the year, as he was mm-hmm. just voted for today, um, yeah. like you got to be better than that, especially in these big games where you expect this Napoli offense to be high flying, score lots of goals. You lose three nothing to enter and then follow that up with a one nothing loss to Juventus. It's embarrassing. It is. Uh, completely. I mean, uh, there's no. Uh, Osimhen should have done more. Kvara should have done more. I think the the Napoli Napoli backline could have done more. Um, I think there's blame to be going all around here on both sides of this uh, because it wasn't. It really, really was not a great game on either side, and it wasn't honest. I, at least to me, I don't know. You, you tell me what you think, but it wasn't as if the defenses were dominating particularly either. It wasn't as if it was a defensive showcase, right? No, it just felt like both offenses were in funks, and then Gatti just kind of had his moment and finished, and that was kind of the game. It was just, like I said, an ugly, ugly, ugly win, which seems to be a trend with Juventus. But the key word on the end of those is Mm -hmm. win, and they keep winning, and that's all that you ask because through 15 games they're at 36 points which they've only dropped nine points like that's pretty dang good i mean i i can't you know any uva fan can't complain about that we're two points off the top we were in first place for a bit uh you remember my text message to you about uh you know how to feel looking uh looking up yeah Um, and you know just to answer your question on this podcast i have no shame there is no shame in my game so just throwing us out that uh there to you robbie because uh why would I be ashamed? We were on top for all of two seconds. <laughs> yeah. But jokes aside, it did feel good to be on top for a second there. Uh, second place is good for this team right now. The fact that we're, you know, honestly, I like he's doing what he's doing with this team. I can't ask for much more. They're doing fine. Like we are doing fine. However, that sentence maybe is starting to sound a little more like, you know, uh, going through puberty, like we're doing fine for Milan fans. (laughs) Like that's what I feel in my head as I'm thinking about this game, because, you know, switching gears to this Atalanta-Milan game, boy, I mean, just shaky, huh? That's a word I can think of. The only word I can think of is shaky. They're looking really shaky. Yeah, that's certainly a good way to put it. I mean... Yeah, you just can't be letting this happen. Like, you can't fight your way back into a game, mm-hmm. down one nothing, tie it up. Go down 2-1, tie it up. And then in the 95th minute, just give it all away. Like, Lookman, fantastic. And mm-hmm. Muriel, like, that is one of the cheekiest goals you'll see all year. Like, that's oh, it is. to pull that yeah. off in that moment is just awesome. Like, yeah, what a goal. What a player. And we were talking about him a couple weeks ago. That's how he mm-hmm. doesn't have these moments anymore. And there it is in a yeah. big game against mm-hmm. a big team. And it's just now you we're always including Milan in this title race. And now it just feels like, okay, now it really is just a inter-Juve race at the top because Milan's just that awkward third team where they're better than the Romas of the world but they keep dropping points and losing games. Like, that's their fourth loss. That's not a good sign if you want to compete for the Scudetto. 
No, it's not. And and realistically, this was not a game they had to lose. You mentioned this, right? They claw back twice. And by the way, Jovic, good job, right? I mean, he he came uh, he came in and did his job. That that's all you can ask for, right? For a player in his his position there. But uh, Giroud, great header, nice nice first goal there. But Lookman and Code just did it better. They came in, and mind you, they're coming in off of a... They, they, they were just destroyed by Torino. They were torn apart by Torino. So they've just been pulled apart, and they respond in a pretty decisive manner, right? They come back, and they say, nope, we're going to stop the slide right here and against Milan of all teams. And Milan just, again, seemed to have no answers, and this is not the first time we've had this conversation, right? They win 3-1 against Frosinone. Before that, they lose 3-1 to one against Dortmund. You know, this is where this team has been for the last few weeks. And, and longer, actually. But there's something wrong here, right? And I, it, it makes me wonder, is it the coaching or is it the players? And, I mean, what's most likely to my mind, anyways, it's a little bit of both. But what do you make of it? For me, it's, like, just depth. You can't have like Teo Hernandez playing center back, like at like so three goals getting three goals scored against you. Well, you have a, your best like offensive player at least with Leao not playing because again he's hurt and like left center back is Teo Hernandez. Like he just he's your playmaker, and yeah. when you put him in that spot, he isn't your playmaker. And then defensively, he's a fine player, but he isn't some elite like center back kind of defense. Like, so it's not great. And then Calabria now misses next game because he's on a red. So it's just more question marks like Pulisic. Great. He's been awesome for them. But at some point, like you need to shore up your midfield and defense, like you do to stop the goals from coming. And at some point it's got to happen, but that's why I don't kill Pioli too much. I mean, mm-hmm. I've questioned him for years, mm-hmm. pretty much always will, but just feels like he just feels like a fine manager. Yeah. But there are so many injuries that he just like, what else is he supposed to do Two is two of his center? Three of his center backs are hurt. And then yeah. his best player is also hurt or not playing like. What are you going to do? No, I mean, you're absolutely right. And, and let's be. Let's not forget here that Magnan did not have a good game. Like that was just not a good game. I mean, For sure. And he's looked like this all season. I don't know if it's a nagging injury or something. I, I don't know what's going on with him, but he does not look like himself from last season. Uh, and I mean, with that, you did mention Giroud looking good. I mean, eight goals, three assists. What more can you ask from this man? What is he, 36, 37 years old? And he's still producing very, very well. I mean, what again, what more do you ask from him? Yeah. Xerxes is at Bologna has got seven goals and three assists this season, right? And he, mm-hmm. he's also having a hell of a season. But Giroud's at, at 37 and he's doing this. You know, you can't ask for much more. So no. the offense is, is doing some pulling uh, there. But you're right. The defense is really lacking. Also, Calabria has to do better there. That second challenge, you cannot make that mm-hmm. mistake. You're the captain of this team. That is just not, I don't know what he's thinking. 
you can't make that mistake. You're the captain. You you have to be the most reserved person on the field there, by far. Because you could argue, and I mean, I know this is sort of grasping the straws here, but you could argue that that Moriel goal was, you know, his fault, right? Directly. Yeah, you could. I mean, it allowed Atlanta to push everything forward um, yeah. with no risk, really. Um, so yeah, that's it's fair. I feel like Atlanta, on the other hand, were doing very well. Mind you, their backline is nothing to you know marvel at either. But Scalvini is good. He was doing his mm-hmm. job. You know, did did his part there. Ruggeri, uh, or Ruggeri rather, had a, a great game. Coop Miners, another great game from him. Um, assist Cadillac. What what a whiff! Did you see the CDK whiff there? <laughs> I mean, what is going on? I I don't even understand. But anyways, I'm. Like, wh- I don't even understand what, what happened for a second. I'm like, this guy was a striker or is a striker, <laughs> supposed to be a striker. I don't know. What do you think yep. of that? It's brutal. Like, you just can't, can't do it. Can't do it. Like, it's, it's amazing how, like, I feel like I forget someone else did something similar and just like, what are you doing? Like, what you, you guys are professional players. Yeah. Practicing every single day and somehow still whiffing like that. But anyhow. Let's not give him too much of our time. He did assist afterwards. He <laughs> sort of made up for it, right? He gave uh, Lookman, who just looked at, like the star, like Lookman, for real. Yeah, I, yep. I, I did that. Yeah. I did that. But you anyways, did, you did. Uh, Lookman uh, had a great game. I mean, this guy's just showing again why he's class. Um, and uh, I, I don't know how much longer he's going to be hanging out at Atlanta, but I have a feeling it's not going to be for too much longer. With that said, though, this Atlanta team does end up uh, overcoming Milan last minute, Moriel, and uh, well, that was really it. I mean, there's not much else to really talk about when it comes to this because with Milan, it's the same story. Atalanta respond decisively after a really disappointing matchup against Torino. That's all you could ask for if you're Atalanta, right? Yeah, and now you're two point two points back of a UCL spot, which That's right. so like there's a bunch of mud from. Fourth to ninth, yeah. just like anything can happen at this point, which is fantastic. I yeah. love that. Oh, it's great. That is absolutely amazing. And uh, well, you know, you mentioned mud, which is <laughs> this game, uh, Roma Fiorentina game. I don't know. There were points where it felt like there was a mud field because it just felt like some of these tackles were like, you know, look, look like Lukaku's red card. How anyone could look at that and say, nah, that's not a red card, and looking shocked afterwards? How do you look surprised at that? Well, he's from Lukaku. Of course he was surprised. He can do no wrong. He's the best player ever. Um, But yeah, I mean, he scored a goal, so I can't kill him too much. He did. He did. But, yeah, I mean, Dybala got hurt. Yeah, he did. Water is wet. Another 10 days. Um, So, like... I just don't understand how year after year a team can be so undisciplined. It makes no sense. Zaluski gets the two yells. Lukaku gets the red. And it's just like, I feel like it's every week this team is missing a player because of a red. Like, what team in the world like has this happen consistently? No one else. It's just them. So is it like a Mourinho thing? He complains, 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 and then the players just take on him because he's also getting the reds. Like, he's getting sent off. So it's just like, 
they need to be better that way. And now, even worse, you drop the points at home and your best player who basically you live and die by is out again. So it's like, and you have this tough stretch that is going to happen. Like, they may very well be in ninth or 10th after this stretch of four yep. more games. Absolutely. And and the, the crazy thing is right now that they are, they are fourth, right? I mean, for a second there, we'll talk about them, but Bologna had snuck in, right? They had snuck into the fourth place spot. And uh, we got plenty to talk about when it comes to Bologna because, boy, they've been a surprise of the season, which I, I just enjoy that team's climb a lot. Um, but this Roma team, that shouldn't have happened. This should have, it should not be 25 uh, points apiece. This should have been a 27 you know, point situation here. You should be ahead of Bologna by a full um, two points here. Yet, here we are talking about the red cards that they got instead, which honestly, I, you, meant, you nailed it on the head for me. Mourinho, I think, is part of the problem here. Like, I, I know that Roma tend to run hot to begin with. Mancini is notoriously mm-hmm. uh, a card machine. Um, although, this season, he's been kind of disappointing. I mean, only four yellow cards. <laughs> only four yellow cards. Uh, a little disappointing. But, you know, jokes aside, uh, Dybala's gone for 10 days. That hurts you because you've got an important stretch coming up. And Pellegrini is not playing like himself. Paredes goes in for a vicious, vicious uh, a challenge there. And he gets the yellow for it appropriately. And then you mentioned it earlier, the Zaleski um, red card. Again, another instance where I'm like, okay, you that was a hard foul. That's a yellow card foul. Like, mm-hmm. you, you did it. Now, don't look at the ref and wonder why. Right? Yeah. And then Pellegrini goes to the ref and says, oh, you know, probably wondering, you know, oh, look, the other guy did this and did that. And it's like, well, it doesn't really matter, does it? You know, and you're down two men and somehow, and to their credit, mind you, they hang on. They do hang on to their credit. They didn't let Fiorentina uh, do anything. But it does bring us to this question. It seems like Fiorentina ought to have uh, been able to take care of the situation, right? With nine men, Roma, they should have been able to score. Right? Yeah, I agree. But Fiorentina just aren't it like this is why I meant like by fourth to ninth is just a bunch of mud. And really it's tenth because add in Lazio there, same as points as Monza. Um it's just everyone sees this fourth spot wide open and no one wants to take it. Napoli doesn't want to take it. Bologna really seems like the only team that wants to take it. Like Roma has been bad, Atalanta has been bad, Fiorentina have been bad. Napoli, Lazio. So it's just like a bunch of teams in the mud, just not not wanting to perform. It's it's impressive because uh, the way Fiorentina started the season off, and mind you, everyone I think expected them to fall off a little bit because how can you maintain that kind of steam, right? You can't just come in, into every game and score three, four goals a game. Like that's just not possible. The season's going to wear on you, but you do expect a little more than this. Yeah. And I mean, you also have to give them a little bit of a break for this time. Cause mm-hmm. they went 120 minutes midweek. So at least they have that kind of as their excuse, like 
Nico Gonzalez didn't start. Satil didn't start. So mm-hmm. those are your two of your best attacking players um, that came on late. So at least that is their excuse, I guess. Yeah. I think that's a fair point. Uh, that, that is definitely a fair point. Um, that that does explain at least one reason why they you know they sort of went down this path. But uh, as far as Roma's concerned, inflicting wounds on, on yourself like that. And I think the only thing that did some of that during this game, I think Ikone uh, getting a yellow card there, potentially risking the way he was talking to the ref did not look great. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was risking, that was really pushing for a red card. And the refs, we've seen that happen. We've seen when verbal con- confrontations turn into red cards. I, I think more discipline is definitely required. And then after the game, just a whole Mourinho Italiano uh, row there where uh, Italiano did not go to shake uh, Mourinho's hand. Mourinho you know, gets mad, and the whole thing becomes a uh, an event, right? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Naturally. Because it's Mourinho. He's a star man. He, of he's, course. He's a Hollywood star, obviously. But, you know, you mentioned the Fiorentina-Parma game, right? I mean, they, they that was also a disappointing uh, game during the, for the Copa Italia there. 2-2 against Parma. They end up going to penalties. Uh, we'll take it from there, Robbie. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't be going to extra time and going, especially penalties and leaving it up to basically chance at that point. Like I get, like going to extra time does sometimes happen when you rotate a squad. That's fine. Like these lower teams in the lower leagues, they have a lot more to play for, and but still, this is a competition that Fiorentina circled to start the year. It's like, okay, we made the final last year. Why not one better? And then you put up that performance. They go 2-0 two, two down like immediately and have to claw their way back and barely get back in it. Yeah. Right as the like clock was ticking midnight and then leave it to penalties. Um, just, yeah, you, you expect better. Um, it happens. I get it when it goes to extra time, but you you got to find the winner in extra time, not leave it a chance. But at the end of the day, got to be consistent here. That's right. They went through. They did. So at they the end, did. like they're in the next round. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. And I, I think it's important to also point out that Padma played their hearts out. Like they really did show up and played, uh, took on Fiorentina and played their hearts out there. So, they had a great game. They have nothing to be ashamed about, nothing to be disappointed about. I mean, would I love to have Padma back in Serie A? Of course I would. I mean, come on, who wouldn't, right? You'd have to have no heart. It'd be great to have Padma and Palermo back in uh, back in Serie A there. That'd be a nice little combo. But, you know, moving on from reminiscing there, um, there was also another Copa Italia game we should uh, probably uh, cover, you know, somewhat, somewhat quickly here with uh, Lazio and Genoa. Uh, pretty straightforward. You know, Lazio ends up, end up scoring. Guendouzi uh, is the uh, guy that makes a difference here. Pretty straightforward. Lazio is really the, the team that dominates this match, in my view. Uh, what would you make of it? Yeah, I mean, Guendouzi gets the goal in the fifth minute and then just kind of relaxes. There really wasn't much. It just, yeah. Genoa didn't really pose much of a threat, and that's no. props to Lazio. Like, they went yeah. out and defended well. Um, got the goal they needed, and yeah, were able to rotate. Isaksen got hurt, which is not ideal, um, forcing Philippe Anderson to come in. But um, other than that, like, yeah, 
There's a whole lot of nothing in it in the game. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you gotta you gotta give it to like you said earlier. You you said it multiple times this season on this <laughs> podcast. You gotta be consistent, right? They took the W. Uh, it might not be the sexiest W ever, but it it is a W nonetheless, and it was pretty decisive. Like they, you're you're right. They defended well. They absorbed pressure. They did everything they should have done, which is great. Uh, now speaking of teams that, I I don't know if I thought they should have done this, but Bologna, they they snuck into the top four there for you know a minute, and they're still there. They're tied with Roma, right? Granted, you know, technically the goal difference, but hey, let's put that aside for a second. How impressive is this team? They're awesome. It's great. It's great for Serie A. It's great for everyone in general. And they're so fun to watch. They're so well coached by Mata. And Xerxy is going to get paid. That man, like I wrote in my notes, this guy is going to get paid. Like that's... No ifs and buts, just at some point this summer, next summer, like the summer after, some big team is going to come in and pay a lot of money for that man because he is him. <laughs> he just yes, he he's is. everything you want out of Lovett for Juventus. Yep. That he is like he's just scoring goals at will, and it's mm-hmm. great. They're playing so well. Um, you probably wouldn't have wanted him to concede, you know, make it so it's 2-1 and a little bit more nerve-wracking. Right. But Absolutely. overall, they got the three points. Like, they played really well. Xerxes played really well. Mm-hmm. And Malta has these boys humming. And, yes, it does. And this is all these last three games, they've gone 2-1-0 without Orsolini, who I was saying before that they go as far as he goes because he's their cog, and I guess not. Like, <laughs> they haven't missed a step, and Ndoy has been great in his replacement yeah i mean absolutely you're 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 totally right uh the the thing for me that that is just so surprising and i think i love the most is a the interesting sort of the the players that that are in in influencing this team right you've got a lewis ferguson who is playing very well like he is part of the reason this team's doing as well as he is right but he's from Scotland. This is not a common thing you see in Serie A. You don't see Scottish players in Serie A in general. That is a rarity. Just like up until this, what, the past few seasons, you didn't see English players in Serie A, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lewis Ferguson is making a case, you know, that maybe we should get more Scot- Scotsmen uh, over over to Italy, right? Fill out those rosters a little more. But Lewis <laughs> Ferguson is playing very well. And his his sort of play with Xerxes and Orsolini is making a huge difference for this Bologna. And Diago Mota is injecting confidence in his team, is he not? Yeah, he's been a great playmaker. I mean, he, Salamakers has been playing well as well, which is surprising for me, of course, because you know you see him really struggle with Milan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's really finding his footing, which is great. That's exactly why he was alone there. Um, yep. find his footing, be better, learn there, and then come back to Milan and be that player that they expected. Um, but yeah, him, Ferguson, Xerxes, and Doy, like going forward, like look great when Orsolini isn't there. But when he is there, this team is a threat that they can beat anyone. 
you know, can can they uh, sort of you know, b- b- besides sort of the Salernitana Bologna, the specific matchup, zooming out from that because you know, let's be serious, Salernitana is not really the the team you're worried about, right? You, they, they should have beat them. They're dead last right now. There there's no there's no competition currently as it stands. Um, but when you zoom out, does this Bologna team have it in them? Do you think to sit in the top four? I mean, they're playing like it, so yeah. They're like no one's like I said earlier, like no one's claiming this fourth spot, and they are there. They've lost two games. Anyone that's not named Inter or Juventus have lost double that amount. Yeah. Which is that says a lot. Like it does. Even when they're not winning, they're getting something out of that game, which is crucial for a middle-of-the-pack team, and that's what makes a middle-of-the-pack team a top-four threat, not losing games. And that's exactly what they're doing every game, and it's great to see. They're playing well. They're exciting to watch. And Mata also is going to, like I said, Zerke is going to get paid. Mata is going to a big club soon because of this. Like, he has these guys humming, and it's great. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Malta is... I, I, I can't wait to see where he goes, but wherever he is going to go, uh, they're getting a good coach. And you are right, by the way, when you look at the the fact that they've got two losses. That is that is amazing. That is how you minimize point drops, right? Like, And that does go a long way, because when you're thinking about drawing there, right? Yeah, you're minimizing points gained, but you're also minimizing points lost, right? So ultimately, they are doing as much as they can there. They do have seven draws, mind you, which you know does take does dent you quite a bit. Um, however, this team is hanging in there, especially when you're, you're talking about the teams that we expected, right? They're currently ahead of Napoli. They're currently ahead of Fiorentina, Atalanta, Lazio, uh, and Monza. That's pretty crazy, and they're tied with Roma. Not something that either one of us expected, right? No. And, I mean, we'll get to see what happens with those two teams as they play next match day. That's right. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. What a treat. Now, with that, there's some other treats coming up for us here uh, over this next uh, week, right? We've got some Champions League matchups. We had two happen today. Two, uh, two Europe, Europe, sorry, Europa League matchups. Can't speak apparently, and then the Conference League. So starting off with the Champions League matches that happened today, you had Inter playing Real Sociedad and they tied zero zero, and then Napoli beat Braga two zero. They ended the first half two zero. It stayed that way. That was kind of it. But talking about that Inter game, right? Uh, Inter had opportunities. This game. They could have put it away. They should have put it away. But Real did play their game. Yeah, Sociedad played well. Um, Like, credit to them. They did create the first 20 to 30 minutes was all them. They were constantly pressing, getting the ball back. It felt like Inter had nothing in the game. And then slowly, Inter worked their way back in. Taram is an unbelievable player. He is. But yeah. one thing that I'll crush Inzaghi for is, like, why didn't Toro and Taram play together today? Like, I understand, fine. You want to play Alexis? Fine. I'll, I don't agree with that decision, but that's fine. But when you bring Toro on, 
you have to keep Taram in. Like he is the one who's creating everything and make breaking the lines. And then Marco Arnautovic just offered nothing in that game. Yeah. Like oh, he didn't do a single thing in that game. I was like, great. Like we just wasted a body in this like 11 because he's yeah. out there. Like you had, you shouldn't have, he shouldn't have brought on Marco for Taram, especially in a game that you had to win to top the group, which means a lot. Like it does. you can't undersell it. Like, here are the options that so far Inter have now because they're second. They can face Bayern, mm-hmm. Arsenal, Real Madrid, and then we'll go to next day, potentially Atleti, uh, Dortmund, Man City, Barcelona. I mean, they, like yeah. you're just basically praying you get Atleti and Lazio don't come on top because every one of those teams is as good or better than you. So it's just like, and then here's the second place, Copenhagen, PSV. You can't face Napoli. You can't face Lazio. PSG, okay, fine, I'll give that one. Um, or, I mean, that could be PSG, Newcastle, or Milan, so, like, who knows. But Leipzig, Porto, or Shakhtar. Like, just the quality in those two is, the difference is massive. And is. drawing today is killer yeah. for that. No, absolutely. I mean, they, they shot themselves in the foot. That was my one takeaway. I mean, they had the opportunities. And Tehran, boy, he had his opportunities. I mean, this guy. Seriously, where where did you guys find them? Because uh, can, like, can Juve just go wherever <laughs> you guys went shopping and just figure that out? Because this man is on fire. I mean, he is unstoppable. It felt like it was Taram, and then there were like 10 other players on Inter's team who were just kind of there. Uh, it was insane. Like, he was putting on a show. There was a, a, a one point where he's weaving in right before the, the fir- end mm. of the first half, yep. right in the, between the, the midfielders. And I'm just like, wow. Like, I have not, like, that is a hard thing to do in general. And the speed with which he's doing it. Again. Yeah. If Lavish can take some like cues, I would love it. And that was the moment that where he like weaved in between the two the midfielder and the two center backs. Yeah. That I felt, okay, we're now getting back in this game. Like because Sociedad had dominated up until that point. And that little moment that freed up DeMarco, who probably tried to swing it back across, but it ended up being a shot. Um mm-hmm. that moment was like Inter really started to step forward and start to dictate play. Um and basically dictated play till the end. Um, just got had absolutely nothing to show for it. Um, so yeah, Taram just like is consistently a fantastic player. And it was so frustrating to see him not be able to play with our other best player in Lotaro. And Lotaro had his opportunities at the end too, by the way. He had that one. Uh, yeah. The first one was offsides. So that second one, boy, I was like... One, I wouldn't have said that was a great chance, but it something you certainly yeah. had to either lay it off or put it on frame and not sky right. over. And right. I expect better. At the very minimum, like Milan, you don't have to, or rather unlike Milan, you don't have to worry about whether you're going to qualify, right? So your destiny is not in another team's hands. It's in your hands. So at the very minimum, I'm going to, I'm going to go with your uh, take on uh, soccer, which is just be optimistic. So focus <laughs> on the fact that you're going through because Milan fans right now just aren't, aren't feeling that 
There's a lot of uncertainty over there, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But before we do, let's just talk about this Napoli matchup, right? Because they are firmly in second place. They're good. They were fine to begin with. I, I don't think there was any concern of, of anything um, happening, but they played their game. They showed up, and they did. But but just want to mention that own goal, because I, I don't think I cannot mention it. What an own goal. I mean, wow. That that has to be the own goal of uh, the century. <laughs> I've never seen that in my life. I don't know. Gatti's was pretty good. I yeah, but <laughs> Back heel into the net, bro. Back heel into the net. He did things that strikers would dream of. Granted, it was his own net, but you know, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, I mean, look. Great job. It was a great job for Napoli. Like, they... They needed a win. Two games in a row in the league, just struggling. Yeah. And granted, they could have gone through with the one-goal loss, but mm-hmm. get it done, win the game, you're in second. Now, again, they have all those teams that I listed for Inter to face as well. So, again, not looking good. Um, no. But it's hard when your opponent goes 6-0-0 in the group. You just can't can't beat them. That, nope. is, that is Real Madrid nowadays. Uh, they have that power. Um, but yeah, like you said, I was optimistic, but I, I am not very optimistic <laughs> at this point. Like I get it into a good team, but yeah, I will not favor them unless they get some miracle draw. Like Atleti, I think Inter can beat. Um, but there aren't many more that I would be happy with. Okay. So, well, you know, not great I for either pessimism. Inter or Napoli. Well, look, I mean, being in second place, I, I, I know generally, you know, just getting out of the group stage is great, right? And it, it is, of course it is. But I've always seen that first place spot is such an important thing to look at. And when when teams sort of drop, and I think to an extent, you could sort of look back at, Inter's earlier games in this group stage, right? And you could say, okay, could they have done a little more, right? And and that question is, well, I, I the answer to that question is rather, you know, I don't know. Maybe they could have, maybe they couldn't have, but they could have done more in this game. And they definitely had the opportunities and they could have at least scored that one goal would have propelled them to first place. And there you go. You are now putting yourself in a better position so you don't perhaps face a tougher opponent right away, Right. But Real Sociedad did a good job. Now they get the sort of a bye week, mm-hmm. so to speak, right? They they get the, the likelier, um, the better uh, odds of, of facing a, an opponent that is not uh, going to just smush them into the ground. But Inter are, are still plenty capable. This is a team that is at first place of Serie A, and they're not in first place with, you know, just like a, a whimper. They yeah. are far outscoring the rest of Serie A. I agree. I mean, I think Inter can definitely give a game to any of those. Like, I do think actually, like, Inter are probably better than Arsenal, but I wouldn't be stunned if Arsenal beat Inter in, like, over two yeah. legs. The key is they get the second game is home, which right. is key. So it puts so much more pressure on Inter to win that first game. So it does. even no matter who you're playing, like, I get Bayern haven't played great in the league, mm-hmm. but they're still Bayern. They still have yeah. those players, and they showed in the Champions League why they are Bayern. Absolutely. Um, and but, it doesn't yeah. hurt when you have Harry Kane, right? 
Yeah. One of the best strikers in the world, if That's not right. the best. And then, like, Real Madrid, just they score with ease, and they have great defense. They have great coaching. They have great goalkeeping. It's just everything about that team is great. Man City, don't have to say more. I it's mean, just, it's, a, yeah. it's different. Yeah. It's going to no, be I mean, tough. World-class talent, right? There's a gap. Here's my optimistic take. Mm-hmm. If you want to win the Champions League, mm-hmm. you're going to have to beat someone. No matter what, somewhere down the line, you're going to have to beat a good team. No yeah. bad teams just win the Champions League because they get fortunate draws. Like I get Inter, like I say that as Inter got through Porto, Benfica, and then Milan to get to the final, but they right. still had to go through City in the final because at some point you got to go through a really, really good team. Yeah, yeah, you do. So absolutely. if it's in the round of 16, so be it. If it's in, then if they win that, if it's in the quarterfinals, so be it. If it's in again the semifinals, so be it. Let's have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you have to be ready for it. And I do want to step back a bit and just sort of mention, you know, Inter did play Man City, right? Full strength Man City last final, right? Last year's uh, Champions League final. So we have to give them some credit, right? These teams are not exactly like, uh, you know, one's playing professional uh, soccer and the other's playing Kiwi <laughs> soccer, no. right? It's yes, Man City definitely has an edge, but Man City is also going through a bit of a rough stretch right now where they're not exactly in the best of forms. Uh, so they're susceptible to, to sort of falling right on their face. And, and same applies to Bayern, same applies to Real Madrid, who, by the way, uh, didn't have a great game against uh, who was it? What was the team they were playing today? Who, you, who are we asking about? Uh, Real Madrid, who they oh, played they today. played Union Berlin. Yeah, there we go. They Sorry. won three two. They won a score at the end. Um, but again, but like, it wasn't a great Real game. Madrid. Yeah, but Real Madrid were five zero and yeah. had nothing to play for. Berlin, fair. If they won the game, they were in Europa with the Napoli result happening. So they had everything to play for. And to be fair, I mean Real Madrid did play a mm, somewhat half eleven. You had Rodrigo in there. You had Bellingham, Belverde, yeah. Modric, Alaba. So like a good, a good, a lot of good players. Yeah, but it wasn't their best. No, no, definitely not. But it just goes to show that these teams do have weaknesses, and uh, there's no. I don't think it's a given. Any team facing any team, there's no givens here. But um, with that, let's just shift uh, one sort of step back here. Uh, focus on City out for a second. Just the upcoming week. Uh, Inter is playing Lazio uh, at home. Well, not sorry, at Stadio Olimpico, at Lazio's home. But anyways, uh, what do you what do you expect from this matchup? I mean, uh, are we expecting Inter to dominate or Lazio to come back? I mean, it's a tough game. I mean, Lazio play tomorrow, which is a big game. Again, same scenario as Inter had today, where top the group with a win. So it'll be interesting to see how they play. How who plays it is. Like, are they going to rotate at all? And will both be able to play both games? So I'm interested in seeing how Inzaghi lines up his 11. Is it going to be Toro and Taram, or is it going to be Toro and Arnautovic? Um, Toro for sure is starting. If he doesn't, I would have lots of words next week. <laughs> That's bare minimum. Um but yeah, and then I, I think I saw a report saying Pavard will be healthy for 
next week, which is crucial because Absolutely. it feels like every defender is getting hurt. I mean, Carlos Augusto just started at center back today. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like this is a game Inter have to win. It's maybe not have to. This is a tough game. But mm-hmm. if you want to win the Scudetto, you win these games. Find a way. Yeah. You certainly don't lose. That is like you cannot lose this game. Um, but yeah, just keep pace, win, and on to the next. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I I don't see I don't see how Inter lose this game just because of the fact that Lazio do have a pretty big game and against a pretty big opponent. And again, it is an important game because it decides the first place, right? Mm-hmm. It, it can go Lazio's way if Lazio win, and that could deflate them for either the Inter game, right? That that that's happening a matter of four or five days later. So that can definitely take some of the wind out of the sail, uh, their sails uh, there. They don't have that kind of depth that could just deal with that kind of a uh, uh, midweek punch. Now, it's a matter of does Lazio want to sacrifice everything? Because they're really, they're fine in second place, right? They're not at risk of getting out of there. Correct. doesn't matter what, they've clinched their spot. But it's a question of do you think it, do you think for them it'd be worth risking it all for first place? Yes, I do. I just think if they get first, they can then potentially beat some one of these second place teams. Like they can compete with a good amount of these second place teams. And I don't like, like I said earlier, like I'd love if Atleti was the team that Inter drew because they just, I just don't think they are that great. Like they're not on the level of all these other first place teams and Lazio certainly can play with them. Um, and then going to like the game against Inter, like Lazio are four, two and one at home while on the road, they're way worse on the road. They're, uh, let me see Lazio two, one and five. So tale of two stories, like two halves there. Um, so Inter will certainly have their work cut out for them. They're still the better team. And Lazio have been extremely inconsistent, as you can see by that home and away split. Um, and uh, yeah, they got to have three points there. All right. Well, let's uh, let's make a prediction here. Uh, start with you. What's your prediction? 2-0 Inter. I like that. Uh, I will go with the pod special. 2-1 Inter. Nice. Uh, I don't see Lazio nice. coming in. But, you know, they'll score one. They'll do something. But... Uh, yeah, I think they'll be guessed. Uh, unfortunately, there's, I mean, there's only so much a team like Lazio can do, unfortunately. But uh, maybe that'll change at some point. Now, let's shift to another very important matchup for Milan because uh, this could either be the thing that stops their backslide, right? The, the game against Monza, the, the derby without a name. <laughs> um, they're playing at San Siro, so this is on favorable terms. But they are playing Monza. This is a tricky team. This is not exactly a given matchup, right? So what are we expecting here? Yeah, I mean, Monza are a tricky team. It feels like they play Inter, Milan, and Juventus all really well. They get up form. Mm-hmm. Uh, like last year, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if this was a rumor or if actually true. They got, like, bonuses for beating the big teams. <laughs> so, like, they'll be up yeah. for it. They're ready to go. Um, and yeah, I, I still think Milan will get the job done. Mm -hmm. It just feels like when they are home, they will get it done. Uh, 
Pulisic has been great. Drew has been great. Um, they'll be without Calabria. Um, hopefully, Teo doesn't need to play center back. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> right. but yeah, I think they'll get it done. My prediction, 1-0 Milan. 1-0 Milan. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I agree. That's a fair point. Um, they are playing at home. I think Milan's going to want to bounce back as well. You're right. Um, I see this game going a bit differently in the sense that I think Milan's going to really just pounce on Monza. Uh, it's going to be, in my mind, 3-1. Uh, I think Milan's going to really come back and, and just show what who they are, uh, what they're made of, because they have to, right? They can't keep uh, sacrificing points because they're getting closer and closer to Roma. And the the rest of the teams are really in that, that 4-10 uh, point group right, that you were talking about earlier. They're there. They can pounce on Milan at this point. So if they keep backsliding, this is not going to end well. I don't see them having another horrible game like this. I say that. <laughs> I say that, but they are in a position where they could do that because of their matchup against Newcastle, right? It depends on how they handle that as well. True. Optimistically, I am saying that they're going to win 3-1 against uh, Monza at this point. That's fair. And we will discuss a Champions League matchup as well. But it should be an interesting game. I mean, it's a derby without a name. That's what 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 a what better branding right there. <laughs> Just what we needed. And uh, what was that? Just what we needed. That's derby right, without absolutely. a name. And uh, just, to, just to round out this Serie A preview for Match 16 here, the Bologna-Roma uh, game, right? This is pretty key because one of these two teams is going to end up in front of the other. What are we making of this? Bologna. Three points. It's going to yep. be beautiful. It's just, it's everything we want. When I you know, saw the schedule come out in the summer, this is the game that I circled. but really like Xerxes is him he's gonna Mm -hmm. get it done it just it's inevitable and Mm -hmm. Dybala being out just all the cards are going Bologna's way they got pocket aces Roma's got a 7-2 off and it's gonna be a Bologna 3-0 3-0 yes sir that is a prediction I'm on the Mata train Choo-choo, we have impressive. left the station. All right. Wow. I mean, you're going to make me look real conservative here because I'm going to go with the pod special again, 2-1. I, I just <laughs> see that that's kind of a game here. Choo-choo. Bologna, that is. 2-1 Bologna. <laughs> um, I agree with you. Bologna has definitely got the momentum here. Uh, Roma just, I, I don't think, have the answers. Mourinho is just uh, going to become more and more of a caricature as the season wears down, and it just become, I'm sure, more yellow, more yellows and reds are going to show up in this game. I'm just going to, I'm wondering who at this point, maybe one of his like staff, his assistant manager, his trainers, or I don't know, maybe the CEO of Roma. I don't know. Friedkin's going to come down and get a red card. I have no idea, but someone's going to. With that said, it is pivotal, a pivotal, sorry, because the fact is this team has every opportunity right now to make a statement and get closer to, to Milan. But it always feels, and we've been saying this all season, you can't quite make a concrete prediction with this team. They play well, and then they just give you a stinker of a game, right? This is this Roma team. Yeah. Why is that? There's no consistency. 
it's just Dybala is who they live and die by, and he is always hurt. So you can't get consistency out of your best player. And then there's Lukaku, who wants to make it all about him, and he's been good, but he's not. He needs service. He can't just do it yeah. all himself. And that's why Dybala is so key to this team. Is he yeah. makes he's the key to everything. He picks it up. He brings it into the box. He scores the goals. He passes it to Lukaku and gets the yeah. assist. He does everything. And when he isn't available, which is all the time, because yeah. he's always hurt. And like sometimes availability is the best ability and he doesn't have it. And that's why I'll just continue to hark on Roma. Like they just don't have consistency because their best player isn't on the field. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're completely right. I mean, you look at the statistics for Dybala, right? This season, four goals and six assists. And I believe Lukaku's got seven goals and one assist. And you consider his impact in Europa League as well, right? Lukaku's got four goals. And unfortunately, Dybala just hasn't been able to really show up. Only two goals. That's not great. You don't. You want more from your star player, right? Yeah. And you're completely right. If if you you don't if you Dybala is healthy every time, this team is entertaining. If Dybala is not healthy, there's questions, and there's very few answers with those questions. And uh, Lukaku as well. Let's not forget. He, I don't think he's playing this this game against Bologna because of the red, right? So correct. He's out. That probably leaves this team in a very vulnerable position, and uh, Bologna is going to pounce on it, like you mentioned. Uh, they've got too much talent, and, and that defense of Roma's is not exactly fantastic. Nothing to to write home about. So that game will end up two one. The pod special, at least that's what I'm saying. There you go. <laughs> but with that aside, uh, let's uh, pivot to the upcoming matchups in the Champions League here for some of the uh, Serie A teams. And and we, t- we alluded to this earlier. Atletico Madrid and Lazio. Uh, Lazio's playing away. And you did mention Lazio haven't exactly been playing great away. So where does that leave them? I mean, what are their, what are their chances here of going into uh, Madrid and making an actual impact? Can they come I mean, out with a win? Atleti are a very counterattacking team that is what Simeone has always done Mm -hmm. and I mean they're averaging three goals a game in this group stage so I can't really say they're gonna bunker in but Mm -hmm. it does feel like they are gonna dictate they are gonna like let Lazio play and probably hit them on the break because Lazio want to get that top group it's not only more money it's you get a better position to get forward possibly to progress absolutely I do think Atleti get the result they need. It'll probably end like 1-1. But it just feels like Lazio, I mean, they needed a goalie goal at home to yeah. get the result against Atleti the first time. Yeah. So it just feels like goal, they're... By the way. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like they're like playing with fire, leaving everything mm-hmm. late in all these uh, Champions League games. And it's going to get burnt. It's going to burn them this time. Thankfully, they already advanced. So second in the group isn't the end of the world for Lazio. No. That's what they would have circled when they qualified. They would have been like, all right, let's qualify for the round of 16. 
mm-hmm. it wouldn't have always been like let's top the group which is obviously a goal just not an expectation um so they're playing with house money in this spot let it all loose yeah i mean i completely agree with you uh i i think if i was them they're currently like ninth place in Serie mm-hmm. so just don't worry about that there's plenty of uh time left that first spot you you mentioned it too you get more money you do you do get more money for it so you are in a safer position you likely like you mentioned earlier have access to teams that you can actually beat perhaps um and i again that's no slight against lazio that's just the way that they've been playing unfortunately mm-hmm. um and and that knowing their form that is likely the best way for them to go However, I just don't see them overcoming Atletico. I just don't see it happening. I see it at 2-1 Atletico win, just at home. Uh, they're really tough to play at Wanda. I mean, that's a tough stadium to play. Sure. What are you, what's your prediction? Uh, 1-1. 1-1. Yeah, I think, I think Atleti get a goal decently early. Lazio get one back and are going to throw everything forward, but just come up short. I like that. That's a great prediction. Yeah. And... Uh, with that, let's go to another tough game, right? As if it, you know, it just wasn't. You thought it was going to get easier as we went on in this episode. No, it's just not going to get easier here. And Milan definitely have that life uh, right now. Nothing is getting easier for them because they put themselves in this position. They are dead last in the group. Granted, Newcastle isn't exactly doing better. They're tied. However, both teams really desperately need help from the top two teams. Newcastle needs Dortmund to draw, and AC uh, Milan needs a uh, loss on PSG's side to get through. That's a whole lot of hoping there, huh? Yeah. I mean, first comes first, both those teams need to win the game. So you got to win first and then just worry about whatever happens in the other game later. Yeah. Because you can't control that. Just go out, play your best footy. I do think Milan get a win in this game. It's going to be a hard, wow. good atmosphere at St. James Park. But Newcastle have struggled, like not just like in Champions League, but they have struggled like in the Premier League and they're not the same team. And in that 0-0 game, Milan had the chances against Newcastle the first time around. And I expect them to come out with fire. I expect Newcastle also come out with fire. But I just feel like this is a game that Milan wins. These are European Knights. They are the big European club. So this is a game you make your statement, you be the big European club that you are. Worst case, you win and get Europa. That's a fine consolation prize. Now is Milan better than Europa? Yes. But that's still fine. That like once you get there, that's now mm-hmm. a tournament you can probably win. Maybe not probably, but they can compete. You could win for yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I mean, but so with that, like let's make a prediction. But what's what's your thought? What are your thoughts there? One zero Milan. One zero. That's a fair score. Yeah, fair score. I mean Milan haven't been so high powering on offense, even though last game was three uh, two. Yeah. Champions League, they only have three goals <laughs> in five games. Yeah, no, they're they're not playing exactly well in the Champions League. You're absolutely right about that. Uh, this team, I think, is going to lose this game. One uh, zero Newcastle. I think they'll they'll bounce back, not exactly decisively, but they'll bounce back. Uh, unfortunately, Milan's just not left enough on the table for me to feel confident making uh, a win prediction. 
Now, I do want to ask you a question. I know this is very theoretical here, but if Milan were to get a victory, what are the odds that Dortmund can actually provide an upset against in a game against PSG? I mean, Dortmund are going to play a full 11. And granted, they haven't been great in league, but they've been good in Champions League. There's three one and one. Like I, I think there's a very real possibility that they win. Like they are, they have been the best team in this group, and they're gonna play a full eleven because they need a result. They'll need a draw to top the table. Which again, we Mm -hmm. talked about all the great things that you can get for being that first place team. That's Um, right. So they're gonna play a full eleven. PSG are gonna take risks because they don't have the luxury. They're going to know most likely Newcastle or Milan are going to win, which means they're going to need a result. They might need a win if it's Newcastle. So they're going to go into this game thinking they're going to need a win. And if they it's tied late, they might leave themselves very vulnerable. Yeah. Especially if Newcastle is winning in that moment, which again, that isn't ideal for Milan, but Still, like, they're going to risk it, and that could play into Milan's favor, which, you know, PSG and risking it is uh, doesn't have a good history. No, no, not at all. And you're, you're right. This game is a lot, uh, a lot more of a mystery than I think uh, people think. I think it's because you know, PSG has this offensive firepower, and people think, oh, it should be automatic. But no, this game, uh, Mbappe or no Mbappe, I'm not saying he doesn't make an impact, but Mbappe doesn't make this game uh, a guaranteed victory for PSG. And uh, Dortmund is a great team. Uh, granted, they've had a rough run of form lately, uh, losing against mm-hmm. Leipzig uh, and then losing against uh, Stuttgart 2-0 there. That, those are not great results, but they have been playing very well in the group stages. So you've got to, got to take their, their performances. And, and we've seen plenty of teams who play poorly in their domestic leagues and just come alive in a Champions League. So I agree. Nothing nothing unlikely about a Dortmund defeat of PSG. And it'd be wild though, right? Can you imagine mm-hmm. Milan somehow sneaking into second place? <laughs> it would be Boy, so funny. That would be wild. And uh I would love to see it. I mean that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I'd love to be wrong. Of course. I would love to be wrong. Uh our coefficient there for City I would go through the roof. Oh yeah. With that, let's talk about uh, Europa League matchups here. We've got two matchups in particular. We've got, let's see, Roma playing Sheriff at home. That game, safe to say, should be a Roma victory, yes? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really mean much, to be fair. Right. You need sure. a miracle and Servette to beat Slavia Prague, and then you need to win, which, I mean, they should win against Sheriff, but it's just, yeah, it's doesn't mean much for me i wouldn't be surprised if roma rotate yeah that's fair but i I feel like it would be probably a good point for them to sort of keep momentum going forward right Uh, sort of setting a a bit of a a tone for the upcoming games because they've got quite the run in their next uh five games here but Yes, agree. There is a second game going on there, um, and that is uh, Atalanta is playing away against Raco. Uh This is not going to happen. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not pronouncing this team's yeah. name because I'm going to butcher it. But anyway, that's fair. 
Yeah. So this team uh, is playing away. Atlanta have been very uh, hot and cold as of late. With that said, what are we expecting? Can can they pull a win here? Yes, they absolutely have to win this game. And I mean, a tie tops the group, and that's priority, especially in Europa League. We know that's even more important than Champions League because you actually mm-hmm. get a buy. Second place, you have to play the third place Champions League teams that come in, and first place just takes the round off. So that's a huge priority, like get a, a draw or better. But they should win. It's no ifs and buts. If they don't, that's not good. Yeah. I, I feel like, though, that's where we've been with Atlanta all season, though, right? There's something missing there. There's something really missing. Uh, and this Atlanta Milan game, mind you, uh, they did win 3 2. So I'm going to count on that as well. I'm going to say, you know, uh, let's say 2 0 Atlanta here. Um, just because of their more, most recent game. But I am concerned. Um, about their general form. Uh, what's your prediction? I'll say 3-1 Atlanta. I like that. That's a good scoreline. And uh, Roma Sheriff, prediction for that, sir? 2-0 uh, Roma. 2-0 Roma. I'll say 3-1 Roma. Why not? And then last uh, game for us to preview here, uh, the Conference League matchup between Ferencvaros Right, they, they, I butchered that probably. Yeah, uh, probably. against Fiorentina. <laughs> so uh, this matchup, well, I mean, they 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 need to win this to remain first, and win it's important draw. again. But yeah, or like, draw again, yeah. like yeah. I mean, Fiorentina should win this game. I my prediction is one one, but they really should win this game. I don't feel great. It's on the road, so. But you, these are games like if you want to compete for the title like you did last year, you win this game. You can't be dropping points to this level of team. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I I would say 2-1 uh, Fiorentina in this game. I think they, they win, they pull away, and uh, they maintain that first uh, first place spot, which is very helpful for them. I mean, this is what you want to see. But with that, we have finished previewing this coming week. Got an exciting few days here. I mean, we got a lot going on. Champions League tomorrow, then Europa League and Conference League, and we've got some great action this weekend. So, plenty to look forward to. Thank you for joining us this week, Robbie. Thank you for joining me as always. Thanks for having me. Follow and, and subscribe. Uh, yeah, please. Thank you. Do it Just all. Just don't say anything interrelated, but you know, go ahead. I will mute you. I will mute you. Forza Inter, baby. <laughs> oh, come on. Although, hey, just Pazza and Turamala. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's our life. Well, you know, that's what makes everything entertaining, right? You just don't know what you're going to get. Isn't that yep. it? That's what that we love about Serie Who would have predicted this 3-2 Atlanta game, right? So there yeah. we go. Wild. Uh, with that, uh, my favorite Interista, uh, as we come to the end of another episode here, We'd like to thank everyone that is listening to this podcast. Thank you very much. Whoever you support, doesn't matter. I'm a Juve fan. He's an Inter fan. But we cover everyone equally. We love Serie A. Forza. That's right. Let's get those coefficient points, baby. Right? So with that, follow us. Like Robbie mentioned earlier, we are everywhere, aren't we? Instagram. Oh, yeah. All threads. The, X. All the YouTube, At United by Calcio. And as always, 
Goodbye and take care. We'll see you next week. Ciao.